welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. Today, I get to introduce you to somebody who has been very special to our family for many years. We share a little bit about how we met at the beginning of our conversation, but I got to know Liz Nagy when she was a young college student at the university here in town, and it's been super special to continue our friendship throughout the years as she has gotten married, grown her family, and become a woman of deep faith and conviction. I wanted to have her share on the podcast because I love her heart for God, I love the ways that she fights for joy, and I know she will bring a perspective that many of you can relate to as busy moms. Liz and her husband Dan have five young and super cute kiddos, and so she brings a lot to the table in regards to what can tend to steal your joy and how to fight for joy in an active home like theirs. I appreciated all of the practical things that she shared, and I'm sure you will have some takeaways Thank you for listening today, and here is our conversation. Hey, Liz. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for being willing to do this with me, and um, I will have you introduce yourself to my listeners here in a minute, but I thought it would be kind of fun to first share how we met. I mean, I don't remember how many years ago it was. Do you? Was it 16? Yeah, I was thinking because I I graduated high school in 05, so I don't know, about 15 plus years ago. Yeah, yeah. So Eric and I, I mean, we had four little kids. They would have been maybe... I don't know. I eight. think Justine, yeah, Justine, I thought was second grade or eight, like yeah. something like that. I just remember meeting Justine. And then I was thinking how my daughter now is eight, my <laughs> oldest daughter. So it's just crazy how time flies. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. So four little kids. Um, we were at our church's harvest festival and mm-hmm. I was laughing this morning because I think each table was set for eight. So with our little family of <laughs> six, there was like two mm-hmm. spots left and nobody was really surprisingly <laughs> jumping at the chance to come and sit have dinner with four little kids <laughs> so, so it was super fun when you and another yes. college student came um, yes. up to our table and asked if you could join us and we had so much fun visiting that night and of course our four little kids thought you college kids were the coolest <laughs> well and I thought your family was so fascinating and your kids were just adorable with their matching hair <laughs> I probably was I probably had them in matching outfits too you know I used to do that for a while yeah well that led to you know a bunch of you college students both girls and guys coming to small group and sitting by us at church on Sundays and one of my Eric even spoke at our college group like our crew group one time I remember that that's right Yeah, yeah yeah so it it led to just a really fun relationship with you and some of your college yes. friends and um mm-hmm. one of my favorite memories though Liz is um how you would work it out with Eric every year for my birthday to babysit our kids. <laughs> and the lemon cake. <laughs> I know. So you would let him take me out on a date. And then, I mean, that in and of itself was like a huge gift for us in that season of life. But then, yeah, you would bring a box of cake mix and or have Eric get one. I don't remember exactly what you did. But I when, can't remember. Yeah. yeah, when we were out on the date, you would help the kids make me a birthday cake. And it was and so, so sweet. Yes, your kids were so cooperative and just such well-behaved kids. And I remember Justine and Jackson were like the responsible. They told me like (laughs) where everything was and what to do. And then like Turner and Grace were the fun ones. (laughs) So So Dan and I still have an inside joke. We'll we'll say, I feel it in my guts because Grace used to say like she kept saying it during this board game. I think we were playing the game of life. Uh And she just kept saying, 
I feel it in my guts. Like, That's so cute. <laughs> so it's just this inside joke. We say it and people look at us funny and we just think we're so funny. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, those were just, it was such a sweet time and yeah. um, just a thoughtful thing for you to do. And, you know, even when the kids got older, I remember Jackson and Justine were old enough to stay with Turner and Grace and we didn't need babysitters yeah. anymore, but you would still come and play games with them and bake the birthday cake. In fact, once you met Dan, the two of you would come. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah you, well, Dick and Shirley had to come chaperone Dan and me when <laughs> the kid went to bed. <laughs> so I, like, I forgot so that. They're like, okay, your shift's over. Go. That go is away. <laughs> so funny. I forgot that part. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, that's how we met and a little bit just about getting to know each other those many years ago and the special role yep. that you played in my life and the life of my young family. And now you have a young family. So before yes. we dive into our conversation, I would just love for you to start by sharing a little bit about yourself and your family and what your life looks like. Sure. Uh, well, I'm married to Dan, and we've been married about 13 years, and we homeschool our five kids. They're ages 10 down to one, and we live in Kearney, Nebraska now. Uh, and our son is the eldest, and then we have four daughters younger than he is, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, it's been such a joy to see you as a wife and a mom and um, oh, okay. each of your little kiddos as they come into the world. And, and of yes. course, we just love Dan. Eric and I had the privilege yes. to do premarital counseling with you guys. And that was just a really mm -hmm. special time of getting to know him and the two of you together. And yes. please uh, thank He's him. A gem. Yes, he is a gem. So thank him for yeah. helping you carve out this time today as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I've been looking forward to having you on the podcast Um because I think you'll have a perspective that just a lot of my listeners will be able to relate to. I do have a lot of young moms who listen. And mm -hmm. as you know, this podcast is called Fighting for Joy. And so often yeah. I hear from these women who have young families and they're discouraged yeah. and they're lacking joy and they're overwhelmed and exhausted. And in fact, yesterday I talked to somebody at church who was in tears mm -hmm. just telling me that she thinks she's not doing a good job as a mom. So mm -hmm. these years just bring a lot of discouragement. So I guess I would like to start by asking you as you think about your life as a wife and a mom and like you said, you're homeschooling mm -hmm. and you're navigating mm -hmm. A home and finances and marriage and friendship and all of this. Um, yeah. So where do you tend in and all that's on your plate to lack joy or what what can most easily rob you of joy in this season of your life? Yeah, well, first of all, I wanted to point out that if I do have any comfort to share, it is from having moments of tears or being mm. burned out or just struggling to find joy where I am. And so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to to say that first of all that uh like I'm I am further along now that I've had kids for 10 years but I I haven't landed at this exact sweet spot of perfection hmm. or anything yeah that's uh, good so yeah and that's I mean that kind of points to your question that there are things that rob me of joy and so I think in this particular season uh just with my kids my kids' ages, they need a lot of correction and training mm -hmm. and just having the patience and perseverance to, you know, it'd be one thing if I only had to do it once a week, I could probably <laughs> put on a smile and be, have all the right answers and take my children to all the right Bible passages that they needed, but it's day <laughs> in and day out and it's when I'm tired and it's when I'm sick or maybe we're all sick or, you know, so I think just the fact that 
there are few real breaks mm -hmm. and even when we go on a trip or something like it's not a total break like I'm still yeah. figuring out a way to feed the kids and so yeah just the I think the longevity of it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um and you know they say what is it like the days are long but the years are short so yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's like yes the days right now feel very long but also now that Ezra's 10 my oldest I can see that man the years are short and I am I do feel like I appreciate my kids where they're at better than I did yeah 10 years ago. yeah and that is that is perspective that comes over the years and it is a great perspective to keep but you're right I mean it's the day-to-day, -day, the persevering, the patience that you need, um, mm -hmm. the longevity is definitely, I think, where it would be, it would make a lot of sense. That would be where you would lose some joy and get just tired out. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that you've mentioned to me that helps you fight for joy through that, through kind of mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day, um, exhaustion that you feel and not getting a break and, and all of that yeah. is just how you work to be proactive about creating and maintaining rhythms for your days and your weeks as yeah. a family. And so I guess I'd like to start there because I think yeah. I can imagine that would be difficult mm -hmm. and helpful, right? Like difficult to make yeah. it happen and to figure it all out, but also extremely <clears throat> helpful when you get into a good rhythm yes. and a good routine. So share a little bit about what that's looked like for you. Yeah. So I'm not a steady, like that's not my personality. And, but even more so, I think because of that, I find rhythms and routines extremely helpful mm -hmm. because it's inevitable that we will get off track, but I have a track then that I can put us back onto. And so just, I think one of the key things for us right now is early bedtimes. And so hmm. if you ask me in the summer, that wouldn't be as much of a priority, but right now I feel like, you know, it gets dark early, so we go to bed early. And so... Yeah. The smoother the evening routine, I feel like the better our morning goes. And mm -hmm. it's not always like that, but um, we tend to just go straight from dinner to we might sometimes do a family worship. That's our aim. Mm -hmm. Or if it's like later than 630, we'll just go straight into like a read aloud or getting ready for bed. And then the older kids might listen to a read aloud once the little kids are in bed uh, but they, I try to give them all a little bit of time to just be in their bed quietly, looking at a book if they cannot read or reading if they can. Uh, and just, and we've slipped into letting them color or do something more of like a project. And I just found that that doesn't work. Like they just need something that is like you're holding a book. It's not making you excited and right. oh, look at my picture. It's so beautiful, you know, uh -huh. but just something calming and relaxing. Uh, and then we'll do lights out about, you know, 20 to 30 minutes after that. Uh, so mm -hmm. that I think it just waking up earlier. So like right now, which we, we try to aim at seven, uh, we're right now we're at seven 30, but I'm just telling myself, okay, next tomorrow, we'll try to wake up at seven 15 and then seven. So it's like, I'm just constantly trying to get us back where I want us. And that all was pre-planned where like, Dan and I will talk about like where do we want to be, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. But I guess I didn't really talk about the day rhythm. I don't know if you want me to go into the details or just the generalities of having a daily rhythm. Yeah, just maybe how does it, I mean, how does having a daily rhythm help your joy? I mean, how does it help yeah. you fight for joy um, yeah. being consistent that way. And even your kids, I mean, I'm, I know that kids, right. I mean, kids need that stability. They like to know what's going to happen and, yeah. um, you know, what to expect. And so I can imagine yeah. that that does bring joy for them as well. 
It does. Yeah. I think for me, it takes some of the decision making out of it. Mm -hmm. And the decision fatigue is huge, especially with homeschooling, because you're not only deciding what to study, you have to decide when and for how long. And so I think having everyone know an expectation, like here's when we do independent work or here's when we do work that where you need mom, like it's not totally spelled out, but everyone knows just because we've been doing it like what to kind of expect. And I'm not saying that that will make for a smooth day, but more things happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think over time, as the kids have gotten older, I have seen where they are able to predict. They're not surprised. So a couple of years ago, I would say my two older kids, they would have been six and eight. There were constant times where they would be like, well, what? I didn't know we were going to do math now. <laughs> or, oh, no, we're doing that. Yeah. And so it's like, but as the years went on and I just persevered and said, well, yes, it is math time. If you're not ready for math, you can go sit in my room and wait until you're ready mm -hmm. and then come out and be ready to do math. And so just plugging away, some kids take, it takes more effort than others, but mm -hmm. just plugging away at that. Now the little siblings coming along they don't ask, why are we doing this? They're just like, can I please do math? You know, <laughs> so it's so much easier now because the older kids have kind of paved the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The younger yeah. kids, they have examples to follow and they don't know any different. Yeah. And the older kids are usually just wired a little bit more as question askers anyway. Yeah. Um, well, especially my eldest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's never going to be perfect. There's going to be times that yeah. a day doesn't go the way or an evening routine doesn't go the way that you want it to. Um, right. but like what you're saying, it's just striving for that consistency. And when you do slip out of routine or things, you know, you fall back, you just start again, you know, and you just yeah. are, it's what you're trying to do more consistently than not. Yeah. yeah. I love and that. The, the arguments from the children are more like, Oh, are you sure? Do we have to do that? And then you say yes. And then they move on. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you didn't have any rhythm at all, I feel like my kids would try to, you know, Give another counter argument. Oh, of course. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Kind of eliminates that a little bit. Mm -hmm. What about um, your own personal devotional time in the midst of all of that? I feel like every time I yeah. talk to a young mom who's wanting to walk more closely with God, you know, the question comes up about how can I find time? I don't, I don't have any time to, you know, be mm -hmm. in the word or the house is never quiet for me to pray. And, you know, yeah. so I've talked to a lot of guests here on the podcast about so many ways to fight for joy, but there is nothing right. that can compare to the joy that we gain through our relationship with the Lord. So what are some practical ways yeah. that you keep your devotional time prioritized with five little kids? <laughs> Yeah. So I feel like now that all my children sleep through the night, I, it's a huge blessing. And now I can wake up about an hour ahead of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I was nursing or had a newborn and was also trying to homeschool, I just kind of accepted the fact that that wasn't mm -hmm. realistic for me at that season. But I, so like in that season, I would have touch points where it was kind of like, an opportunity or an invitation. Okay, here's where I could try to find time in the word. And then if that passed, I would have another kind of touch point like, okay, well, this is breakfast time. So sometimes I would read a psalm aloud or like even whisper it aloud. Mm -hmm. uh, and I still use this tactic. Like if kids are running around being loud or even just eating breakfast, they eat breakfast loudly, you know? <laughs> so I would just whisper a psalm or sometimes I would read it to them. It just depends on the atmosphere. But 
just even whispering it, it just helps me retain what I'm reading. Yeah. And another thing I did a lot um, those days where I'd have to wake up kind of with the newborn or whatever, uh, I would write out like copy work for the Bible. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. um, sometimes I would even like do copy work, Latin of the Bible, like just whatever spark joy in me I'd be like you know what I really feel like writing it in Latin I won't don't get as much out of that but like if that (laughs) was what was giving me joy then I would you know later write it in English or maybe English first and then Latin and just making it less about you're supposed to do this and more about what would just give me joy uh what method or what whatever yeah Uh, so then in the evenings I would have another touch point of reading just wherever I was reading in like Genesis through Revelation I would have kind of like that bookmarked that I could grab and read and a lot of times I would do that because I would be thinking you know what I didn't get to the Psalms in the morning I really you know I really want to be in the word and I would you know do it right before bed which you're really tired but it just worked for me to have like two options kind of Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, so now I don't do that as much because I'm pretty much able to, to get to the word sometime, either the morning or I'm not exhausted at rest time. I could get to it. Um, but I, I have my little system of, I write out, um, the beginning of each Psalms cause I'm trying to kind of track just rhythms in the Psalms. So I like to write the first verse of whatever Psalm I'm going to read, and then I'll read a few Psalms and then I'll move on to whatever I am. Uh, in like Genesis through Revelation, I'll just read a few chapters there. Uh, and sometimes I just do like a spread, you know, like two pages. And then other times I'll get carried away and just keep reading and reading. And yeah. So, yeah. So that's kind of, I, I really do think it's ideal to do it first thing in the morning. I do too. I, I, I do so too. much out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll share just a couple things on this too, because like I said, it yeah. is something I get asked about quite a bit, but I think yeah. being reminded that done is better than perfect, you know, and just not yes. to overthink it. And if you have 10 right. minutes to take 10 minutes, if you have five, take five, mm-hmm. you know, I think we can get paralyzed by what we want our time in God's word to look like, or what we think it should look like, or what it looks like yes. for somebody else. And so instead mm-hmm. of doing what we can, or what is realistic, like you just gave great examples of what was realistic at different stages with your um, parenting, you know, so sometimes we can just throw in the towel. We don't do anything at all if it doesn't look like what we want it to look like. So I guess I would say if if you're listening and you're not doing any sort of devotional time or prayer time right now to just get started and do something, even if you're just starting small. And I also liked, Liz, that you said, you know, kind of some of your plans that you have and writing things out and reading through the Psalms. And, you know, I Mm -hmm. think having a plan is super wise. I think anytime, Mm -hmm. anything in life, if if we don't have a plan, it's just kind of haphazard. And, um, and there's so many great devotional books, reading plans online, you know, apps, I know the Holy Bible app can send you reminders, which can help. Um, I, you know, I think sometimes we're in kind of a funny fog when we're in the middle of having kids and then recovering and then having another kid and then recovering. So yeah, to just, we need reminders and we need to write things out and we're not always thinking Mm -hmm. as clearly. And I think accountability is great too, you know, with a friend or with your spouse, just somebody else who can check in and remind you and ask you if you're making time for that. And I also like the whole idea of habit stacking too, you know, because we do find time to brush our teeth and to eat and to do all these other things that, you know, so if like you were saying these touch points, you know, if you have Mm -hmm. things that you consistently do on any given day to kind of tack on, you know, some prayer time or some devotional time or a Bible reading or, 
you know, listening yeah. to a part of a, a sermon on a podcast or something that can be yep. a helpful thing. And I, I think the biggest thing though, and you touched on it is just trying to get up before the kids if you can. And I yeah. remember what it feels like to just want to cling on to every single minute of sleep I could get. Yes when the kids were little, but there is something about a fresh mind in the morning and a quiet yes. house and, you know, just yeah. kind of hearing from God in his word and getting your focus for the day in the right place before everybody is up mm-hmm. and everything gets crazy. I think it's been just one of the top life-changing practices for me. And, yeah, you know, I used to be more of a night owl, but once I started getting yeah. up earlier, then you have to go to bed earlier, you know? I know. I get so tired. I get tired about nine o'clock now. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like at night, it's just wild. And I'm, I'm wide awake in the morning. I mean, it's once you get out of bed, like I don't even need coffee to read for some reason now. Mm-hmm. I'm wide awake at six or six thirty or whatever, but yeah, yeah, your body gets into a good. Re- I still do need coffee, Liz. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, some days I need coffee, but I'm surprised. Some days I'm like, you know what? I'm too lazy to go get coffee, but I'm awake enough to read. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That works. Yeah, but well, yeah, and I would also say, just with homeschooling, there's a beautiful natural time that you're probably reading scripture to your children too. Mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. that was another benefit if I missed the morning thing, which I agree with you. I think in some ways I wish I would have woken up early it, and I, I probably did. I'm probably like forgetting all the times I did try to, but I would view it like getting back on track, like you were describing. So, okay, mm-hmm, now my mm-hmm. baby's less dependent on me. Now I'm going to get back on the tracks of getting up before the kids. So that's kind of how I viewed it with, yeah. I mean, even now you and I will get sick or something. And so we'll mm-hmm. get off the tracks, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, now try to get back on the tracks. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah. yeah. And so when I read the, when we have, there's a natural Bible time during school, if I haven't read the word yet, I, I can, you know, glean from that and I'm not just view it like okay the kids are reading the bible for themselves and no if it's being read aloud it's for me too and just soaking in that and even if i have done my morning reading finding ways to soak in it while the, while I'm teaching it to the kids too. Yeah, I love that. And I think some of the the new additions that they've created of the um, children's picture Bibles are so yes. beautifully done. And I do yes. learn from yeah, them when the, I'm reading the, them. Yeah, picture story Bible. Oh, man, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I had suggested, um, you know, getting up before your kids to a group of young moms that um, were over a couple weeks ago. And I could tell that they were just not very excited about the idea of waking <laughs> up earlier. So, I had said, just, just try it. Yeah, I said, try it for just a couple days a week. Yeah. I think, again, we, we try to do everything perfect and we just overthink it. And I think their minds immediately went to seven days a week getting up earlier, <laughs> you know? And so yeah. I was just or like. I think like where their minds maybe need to start is go to bed earlier. Yeah, like, don't I know. Don't think of it as waking up earlier. Think of it as go to bed earlier and then you will naturally wake up before your kids. Yeah. So yeah. try to put your kids to bed and try to go to bed as soon as they do or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I, you know, another trick that I used to implement when the kids were little too to um, just get more Bible reading in was I used to leave my Bible open on the kitchen table, you know, and when you pass by it all throughout the day, it just reminds you. And it also causes you to just kind of stop and read a verse here and there. It was a good way for me to memorize scripture and, 
And mm-hmm. I also was a big fan of quiet reading time with the kids. I mean, I would tell all four yes. kids, okay, now we're going to have, you know, quiet reading time. I would get all their little picture Bibles and we'd set a little timer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if it was 10 minutes, just being in, in the word together, I love the whispering yeah. and reading it out loud idea too. But oh, yeah. honestly, you know, my biggest encouragement to anybody asking how to fit this into their life is you just have to make the time. I mean, we yeah. somehow make time for so many lesser things. Right. Um, but once you begin to just you know, drink more deeply and experience just the hope and the help and the peace and the joy that come from time with, with the Lord and his word, Mm -hmm. you will want more. I mean, you won't be asking, how can I find the time you will be making the time and you just, I feel like right now in my season of life, it's not, Oh, I need to read my Bible. Oh man, I haven't checked that box. It's like, Oh, I want to, where can I find, like, it's just such a high desire because I've nourished myself in it. It's just like food. If you, if you've made good gourmet food and you've eaten it, like you're going to go back to wanting the gourmet foods. For sure. For sure. Well, let's talk about a couple of other ways that you are finding joy in this season of your life. Um, You and I have been using Marco Polo, which is a video app that has helped us to stay connected these past few years. And I've loved that. And I love when your kids jump on and say hi to me too, which is so sweet. Um, (laughs) But one of the things you mentioned to me in a message on Marco Polo is that you are finding a lot of joy through learning and through reading and being a student yourself. So share a little bit about that and how, how that helps you fight for joy and find more joy. Sure. Uh, so I think I, so what really started me on this was I, when, uh, when my oldest was about two, I read this book called Well-Trained Mind and it was kind of this basically like one mom's idea of how someone could homeschool. It's Susan Weisbauer wrote it. Uh, but she just really has had a really good message to moms. Like you can learn too. like you start reading now and just learn what you can. And so I remember picking up a Dickens book, Tale of Two Cities. That was Mm -hmm. the first one I Mm -hmm. decided to try. Uh, Because it's not that I hadn't read literature. It's just in high school, I kind of remembered like Scarlet Letter. I didn't understand it and Mm -hmm. Odyssey and things like that. So I, it wasn't something I went to as like a desire, but anyway, that was what started me off. I loved Tale of Two Cities. You know, it's kind of slow in some parts, but by the end I was just like, this is so cool. Like again, kind of like another gourmet meal, like this is so cool. Mm -hmm. And um, it really just sparked something in me. And now like if I have a Saturday where we're not going anywhere, I will seriously like put a huge stack of books on the dining table and and be like, this is my my school. Like I get to do homeschool today and (laughs) I I will just like get through this pile and and try not to idolize like I have to get through this pile because of course there will be interruptions but it just really feeds me to get to study history and literature and science and math and Latin and theology and it and even during the week um, you know when I'm not doing dishes or cooking or with I mean even with the kids they just sometimes sit on my lap and I'll I'll study one of these things. Um, so it's just been I love one it. of the biggest joys of my life, honestly. Yeah, I love it. And what a great way to just keep your mind active and thinking on more adult things when you are with your kids yeah. all day and you're, you right. know, I know you don't speak down to them or anything. You, you're very <laughs> mature in how you parent them and talk to them. Yeah. But still, it's just, it is, um, you know, being able to think on things and, and stimulate it's our It's above our brains. their level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not teaching them those things yet. Sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think another area that can really help a young mom like you fight for joy is finding support. And that's another thing you and I have talked about. Because um, okay. I think one of the biggest things that can rob us all of joy is loneliness and isolation and just okay. feeling like, ah, you know, life is so hard and I don't have anybody to help me and I'm just walking through life alone. Yeah. Um, so what are some ways that you have stayed intentional in this area? Or maybe where do you where do you usually need support? And then maybe share a little bit about what it looks like for you to ask for and find support. Yeah, uh, I think, well, one of the biggest things is when I'm feeling burned out, I will go to Dan and I'll just ask him, well, can you help me identify why I'm burned out? Can you help me identify, am I over planning our school days or is it an attitude problem in me? And he can have a close enough view. You know, he's not always there while we're doing school, but I feel like he is the most close perspective that he can say, you know what, I think given what what our week looks like or, you know, so-and-so sick or you're sick or whatever, I think like that is too much or no, nope, that looks, that looks reasonable. I think it's, it is a problem with one of the kids. Like they need behavioral correction because we're not asking too much of, hmm. of them, you know? Yeah. So I think first of all, I go to him as just kind of to help me with my decision fatigue and also just, just to kind of load my sorrows onto him sometimes yeah. to have someone to listen. Cause you know, he's not always just solving my problems for me. He also is just a really good listener and, um, and just, yeah, he can be like, that sounds hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think just, and he, for a while he was home in the mornings and working in the evenings. And so like, now I feel like he has an even better perspective. Like, yeah, this is reasonable, you know, whatever. So. I, I love that. I think it takes humility to ask somebody to look in and, and just kind of say, where do you see that I may, why, why is this so hard for me? You know, and I think it can be tempting to just kind of be quietly resentful, right? Or just (laughs) keep it all inside and be a little bit upset and be like, why aren't, why aren't people helping me? And I feel overwhelmed. And so, yeah, yeah, to just ask somebody to look in and give their perspective is very wise. And I also think you're just hitting on something. I've heard you say it a couple times now, but just the decision fatigue idea, um, yeah. in the season of life that you're in and, you know, for, for moms who are, have littles at home, um, yeah. trying to alleviate that I think is a great tool in the fight for joy as well. Just yeah. trying to decide what, what decisions can I alleviate so that I'm not so burned out by the end of the day with making a gazillion yeah. decisions for all of us. You know? Yeah. And even having a checklist, uh, then I can cross things off of the checklist, even if they're not done. I can decide, you know what, that's not important to get done today. Let's just cross that off. And then that takes it kind of off our shoulders. So that's kind of a backwards way of using a checklist, but (laughs) it really end up getting more done because it prevents burnout. And even with the kids, if they see that it's a Friday morning and they have 20 things left to do for the school week, like that's Mm -hmm. overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I cross out, leave five things and we'll do those five things really well and Yeah. Yeah. I also like that you just mentioned sometimes you just need somebody to listen to you too. I think that that is a way to get support, right? I mean, it's not always somebody saying, I'll take the kids for the entire day so you can (laughs) go do the laundry and the grocery shopping. I mean, support can also look like somebody just listening and, you know, acknowledging that it's hard. Like you said, just Dan being like, wow, that sounds hard. And it's sometimes that's all we need is somebody and just be like, thank you. Yes, it is. You know, I just needed somebody to come alongside and say, I'm not making it up, you know, that this is really hard. And 
thank you for mm-hmm. um for listening you know to well and too like i think we've just dan and i've realized in this season of life it's unrealistic to expect like a weekly date or whatever i think it'd be great but um we've just found a way to kind of do that at home like mm-hmm. because Ed, we have several dates in the evenings and we really really enjoy them we don't even call them dates but that's what they are yeah. and i think just finding time for pillow talk or just time together we we love just sitting parallel reading together mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Like, hey listen to this quote or whatever yeah and i think just in this particular season of life we do still say okay you know we need to go to omaha have mom and dad watch the kids go to a hotel for a night like that's great when we when we can do that that's awesome and we should do it more probably but you know in between when we can't just cherishing the time that we do have together and, yeah that's yeah. good that's good and I yeah. think it's a good reminder to just think outside of the box sometimes that it's not always yeah. what we think it should look like or what we wish it was or what it was in different season of life but just what works for us now and trying not to compare with other people in yeah. other situations as well um what about somebody who is maybe um a lot of the parenting responsibilities or all of them um are falling on them there may be a single mom um yeah. and so let's talk about maybe getting support in other ways too maybe even mentoring yeah. i mean i think about mm-hmm. like i will i think about just how important it is for the person needing support to take the initiative i think so often we just sit there and think oh i wish somebody would help me and i remember feeling that way too even about my own mom like why isn't she helping more me more you know and i i had never asked her you know about some of the things i wish she would be doing and so people can't read our minds and you know i even think about the harvest festival story that we talked about at the beginning of the episode i mean that's a great example of you taking the initiative in friendship and it's fun to think about the fruit that has developed in our relationship because of your courage yeah, to just exactly. ask to come and sit with us, you know, and, yeah. and I was you then, I mean, I was the young mom <laughs> with a table full of kids and I'm yeah. sure my main concern that night was not looking for college <laughs> students to mentor. <laughs> yes, I'm sure yeah. I was just trying to make sure the kids look cute and were behaving and yes, would eat their dinner, yeah. you know, so it took you approaching me. And I think so many mm-hmm. times there's a desire for, mentorship and friendships and um you know but we have trouble taking the initiative and often you have to be the one to reach out and to ask support um so share a little bit about that well I I was going to share just with my friend one of a homeschool mom friend that I have um and we we knew each other several years we've known each other even before I moved to Kearney but she's here in Kearney and she came up to me one time and she said you know what, can we have a weekly phone call where we just talk and support each other? And, and I was so glad she asked because I, I said, yes, I for sure want that. But I would have been afraid to ask her because I would have thought that would burden her. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was one of those funny things where one of us had to ask because, yeah, yeah. The, you know, and so she took the brave step to ask. And now we, we don't even really like formally have a weekly touch point, but it just feels wrong if I don't talk to her during mm-hmm. the week. And yeah. So, yeah you and then it. through that, we're able to see, oh, you need a meal. I'm going to run over a meal to you or, oh, like, let me watch your kids. And we don't do that often, but there have been situations where we wouldn't have 
probably admitted to one another when we did need extra help. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to be living life with others for them to even get a glimpse into something like that. Like, oh, I know Liz is having a busy week this week, I could bring her a meal. You don't know that if you're not, you know, in relationship with people and living life. And if you're only presenting your most beautiful parts on Instagram, I mean, you can have a relationship with somebody on social media, but it's the nitty gritty kind of life on life. And a lot of times that can come from church, it can come from mops, it can come from a Bible study or, you know, just a neighborhood yeah. uh, group. But yeah, to find these these places where you are living in community with other people, a lot of times yeah. the support that we want and need is just a natural overflow of those groups. Well, and let's say I would have told her, oh, no, I don't have that time, which is unlikely I would have said that. She could ask someone else, you know, keep asking. You yes. might not land on like number one the first try so if that fizzles out ask someone different like you're bound to find someone eventually that That is a great point that That is a great point because yeah not maybe it doesn't you know maybe the person that you ask that's not what they are able to provide at that point but somebody else may be able to so yeah don't give up and um keep you know, doing the inviting, keep doing the initiating. And, you know, if you're desiring like a mentor kind of thing, I mean, I have, Mm -hmm. I have young moms who invite me to go to the park with them. I mean, obviously I don't have kids to bring to the park anymore, (laughs) but you know, they invite me to go so that we can visit while their kids are entertained. Yeah. So that's a great way to connect in a, in a mentoring kind of way. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, MOPS, the Mothers of Preschooler program can be a good way too because that, that program has built in mentors and I have been a mentor in that ministry over the years and it's a great way to build relationships, um, not just with mentors, but with other moms in a similar season. Yeah. So I think, yeah. you know, it's just, again, it's another done is better than perfect. Like don't overthink yeah. it. Don't wait until you have a beautiful uh, hospitable yeah. um, home or whatever <laughs> that you think is great to have yeah. everybody over. Just have them over, you know, or meet at the yeah. park. Um and, you know, trying to just, uh, yeah, build these relationships so that you can get the support kind of naturally and organically. Yeah. Well, and if you are one of those older women, like it really spoke to me when th- there was an older woman, she's like, I want to come visit you. Please don't clean. And like, it was uh-huh. one of, yeah. it's not like people shouldn't say that every time, but it was just clearly, a, I think I had like a, a one month old baby or something, yeah. you know, yeah. like if you know that mom is just drowning and you want to help the drowning mom, like just tell her, yeah. don't clean your house. Yeah, like, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, that's a great that's tip too. Yeah. Okay, so Liz, say that it's a normal Monday afternoon like it is now when we're recording and discouragement is just creeping in and you're lacking yeah. joy and <clears throat> maybe you're believing some lies about yourself or your mothering or yeah. your marriage or whatever it may be. Um, I think one thing that all of us as believers need to do is preach to ourselves more. And yeah. no matter what season of life we're in, we can tend to lose joy and fall into discouragement when we listen to ourselves more than talk to ourselves. And we need to remind ourselves of what's really true. So what kind of doubts or negative thoughts do you tend to struggle with at this season? And then what does preaching to yourself or reminding yourself of truth look like for you? Yeah, so for me, I think uh, a lot of times it's just the whole I can't do this, or Mm -hmm. like, I don't have enough energy to do the dishes or I or like, if my child won't focus on her math, and she isn't trying like, I'll have a thought like, I can't deal with it. Like, and it's kind of implying like, I can't deal with this without sinning. I Mm. think there's kind of this implication in the background of my mind. Like, I have to sin. I have to be angry. I can't be patient or I can't do those dishes, even though that would be the right thing to do. Uh, So 
I think one thing that I combat it with is just like, this is what God's called me to. It's very simple. Like it's not something I didn't know 10 years ago, but I just find the Lord puts it on my heart. Like this is just on your to-do list from God. Like he's watching, he's giving you credit. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, sometimes I struggle with not getting actual credit, but it's like, he sees (laughs) when I'm doing the dishes. And it's funny because I, I love hosting people like the bigger, the better. Like I just love, and it's not like I throw wild parties all the time, but (laughs) like if I, if it just so happens that 15 of my family members come and I make a meal and they all, Oh, it's so great. Like, I love that because there's the tangible affirmation, Mm -hmm. but it's like, no, I don't need that. I can do the right thing, even when it's just God that sees it. And, you know, like our husbands don't always notice when the dishes are done, but I think mine more than any would, because he comes home and he'll do the dishes if they're not done. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's like I, So that takes a lot of inner strength for me to know they're going to get done one way or another. And for me to choose to do them as a gift to him, you know? Yeah. So that's really that- good. Yeah. I totally remember that feeling of yeah. just not being appreciated and, and just yeah. like not mattering maybe as much as some other yeah. um, jobs. <laughs> yeah. Or people yeah. and, and just to be reminded of the important calling, you know, of being yeah. a mom and that we are making a difference. And yes. <clears throat> sometimes we just need to remind ourselves of that, to look for promises in God's word, to remind us of that. And, and I just yeah. love, I mean, Eric and I are going through Philippians right now and in, in chapter four and verse eight, where it talks about, you know, all of the things to think on, you know, just to think yeah. on things that are true. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. the peace that comes from being diligent with this. And I, I love mm-hmm. that scripture also reminds us that we can be, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? Like we can, yeah. as we take our thoughts captive and change how we yeah. think and remind ourselves, no, that is not true and this is exactly where God wants me and this is valuable meaningful work um you know that that is a great way to to keep the fight for joy yeah and one of the other things I find myself kind of being lazy in is just correcting my children the the way they really need it you know like I think naturally we tend toward behaviorism just Mm -hmm. okay you did that go to timeout all right, now let's go back to doing what we should have done after you apologize. But like there, I just, God brings to mind Deuteronomy six, where, where he calls me. Well, this is the, he's calling the Israelites, but I think he would, he would say this still today that, you know, you should teach your children diligently. You shall talk of God's words. Um, Hmm. Let's see here. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. So he emphasizes that it's not just one and done. You don't just teach your child that Bible curriculum or say, well, they're learning a Bible curriculum at Sunday school. It's it's constantly we're supposed to be bringing our children back to God's word and maybe not the physical book, but just, hey, this is what commands you weren't doing. Like this isn't pleasing to the Lord. And, and like, hey, this says, your need for Christ and, Mm. and just patiently, because that's a gift that we're giving our children when we do that. And it's, it's, I tend to just kind of lie to myself, like, well, they don't need that right now. But really, (laughs) I just don't want to give that to them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, kids never have good timing either. I mean, it's like when they need instruction, when they need 
um, yes. correcting a lot of times, you know, we're at wit's end already. And, you know, I think yeah. good, solid, God-centered parenting just takes so much time and energy. And yeah. Eric and I had a joke about, well, we didn't have kids to get good sleep or, well, we didn't have kids <laughs> to save money or, well, we didn't have yes. kids, you know, it's like every it's time. That, for the course, yes, really. it is. Yes. It is. Yeah. And, you know, we just, we have to be willing to get up at 1130 at night to help them with yeah. something or to yeah. stay home from something we wanted to go to because they need something, you know, it's just, the timing yeah. is is rarely what we would desire or or hope for but um but it is so it's so worth it and so um honoring to the lord when we are faithful to his calling yeah 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 it does give us glimpses of what of our work paying off like it's so kind that he doesn't make us wait till they're 18 like he yeah. will yeah he will let us see like oh wow they just got ready for bed and they're reading in bed all, mm-hmm. all i have to say is get ready for bed you know so he He's so kind and they're so cute, like just enjoying their cuteness. <laughs> even that is a kindness of the Lord that it they is. say the cutest things. It's like the more difficult they are, the cutest things they say. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. And rewarding our hard work. I think that's what it is. And it's just a kindness of the Lord also to show us our own need for him in the midst of helping yes. our kids see their need for him too. I think so often yeah. in my, when I was in the throes of parenting little kids, I so often would be like, oh, that's exactly how I treat God or, oh, that's how yes. I am responding, you know, to mm-hmm. the call of obedience as well. Or, oh, I don't want to always do that either. You know, like, yes. so it was just, it's a good kindness of the Lord too, as we parent um, yes. to see our need for him and, you know, even good parents need a savior too. And so yeah. reminding our kids of that as well, that we need Jesus too, and we need help too. And, and pointing yeah. them to the perfect father, um, the perfect yeah. parent who is able to fully meet all of their needs and do everything right. And perfectly when we, when we don't and can't. Yeah. 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 And sometimes when I'm calling them to forgiveness and we're talking about that, they will point out something and I will say, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me for that. You yeah. know, I could have handled that a different way. And, and it really, yeah, the Lord's working in my heart just as much as theirs. Yeah. 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 I agree. Well, this has been so good, Liz, and I've just loved yeah. all that you have shared and, um, you know, God just continues to teach you so much. And so I guess I would like to just end the episode with that. Just kind of what is one thing that God has been teaching you lately? It can be as a mom or a wife or a friend or a daughter or just as a Christ follower. I would just love to hear something that you're learning from him lately. Yeah, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, but just the last five years, especially, I feel like God keeps bringing to mind that life isn't about me. And I think Mm. like parenthood especially, but it's just like, I'm so prone to selfishness. And then he will just keep reminding me, life's not about you. And Mm -hmm. really, the more I accept that, the more joy I find. And I actually find that I enjoy my life better when I'm being less selfish, ironically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, that's so so true. Yeah, and really, I was also thinking on, like, I had to look up where it was, but 2 Corinthians 12, 9 my grace is sufficient for you. Mm. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And I do think the last several years, like God has really helped me to just, you know, be honest with my friends or just people at church and just here's where I'm struggling and they can help me. And that has just been 
I mean, I feel like I've always tried to do that, but I think the more with parenting and like the more kids you add on, like there've just been harder struggles and just like not being, uh, not hiding my weaknesses, but just being like, Hey, here's my weakness and look what the Lord did. And now I can point the glory to God instead of myself. Um, and it's just that, what, like, that just gives me so much joy. That is such a good way to end Liz with just a reminder that his grace is sufficient. It is sufficient for each of us in the callings that he has placed us into. And you're right. We don't have to hide our weakness. We don't have to have shame around our weakness. We can look to him and say, how is his power going to be made perfect and seen in my weakness? Mm -hmm. And that does give us so much hope and so much joy. Yeah. Well, thank you for all that you've shared. I know it's going to bring help and encouragement to people listening. And I knew this would be a special episode because you're so special. And I'm just really grateful to the Lord for continuing friendship. So thanks for asking to sit by us all those years ago. Yes. And thank you for just continuing to encourage me. And be a role model for me. (laughs) Thanks, Liz. Hey, friends, I just want to quickly interrupt to share a little bit again about my podcast sponsor, Faithful Counseling. If you've been a regular podcast listener, you know that throughout our grief journey, our family has been greatly helped by Christian counseling. It's something that I often recommend to others who are struggling, not just with grief, but just with the brokenness of this world. The challenge can come with actually finding quality counseling, and that's why I'm so happy to point you to Faithful Counseling. It's such an easy way to get started with therapy. You type in my link and complete a quick survey answering some questions about yourself and what you are looking for in a therapist. Then the Faithful Counseling team pairs you with a professional licensed therapist, usually in just a couple of days. Their unique online platform gives you the ability to connect with your counselor at any time. Your interactions are not limited to individually scheduled sessions. Instead, they offer a number of ways to connect with your therapist. Whatever works for you, you can FaceTime or talk on the phone once a week, every other week, once a month. It's really up to you. And you can also take advantage of their unlimited text messaging option. The counselors really are easily accessible and willing to communicate frequently. Don't forget, if for some reason you don't like the counselor they pair you with, let them know. They can quickly reassign you. I had to do that, and I am so glad I did because I am now paired with a therapist who is a perfect match for me. Okay, I think I've shared enough, and I want to get back to the episode. But as you can tell, I'm not just promoting Faithful Counseling because they are my sponsor. I truly want you to give their services a try because I believe in biblical counseling. This link is in my show notes, and you can always reach out to me to get it as well. But to find out more, go to faithfulcounseling.com slash fighting for joy. The last part, the slash fighting for joy is really important if you want the 10% discount. Then just complete the survey and get started with counseling this week. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.